is Bloomberg Surveillance. On average, 70% of the companies will beat on their Wall Street guess. And that has been the case now for going on 20 years. You can still make a million bucks a year in investment banking. You can't make five anymore. We're going to see a combination of two things happen over the next year or two. One is wage growth will accelerate and that'll become more obvious. And the second thing is job growth will slow. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Thrilled you're with us on a Monday, a five-day work week. We'll do that. There's some Fed action this week, speaking before they go quiet for a week from now. Fed meeting. Lots to talk about in economics, finance, very international relations today. Thanks, Richard Hassan. Uh, uh, Brazil and to Phil Verliger for getting us started strong on oil as well. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick, accounting, tax advisory in the affordable housing industry. Your business needs transformative advice from the industry leading experts at Cone Resnick. Find out why at coneresnick.com. Any number of ways to go here. A lot of topics. Uh, to, 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 to get out of the way over a five day uh, period. One of them ever present is the leg up or sort of leg up in inflation. Martin Haggerty is with BlackRock. His focus, he's got a lot of different focuses, but uh, one of them is inflation and what inflation linked bonds are telling us. Mr. Haggerty uh, joins us right now. Martin, I, I guess inflation's up. There's talk of an overshoot. What do the markets say? Have inflation-linked paper signaled the expectation of higher inflation? Well, good morning, Tom and Mike. Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, you know, the inflation market has not necessarily picked up to the to the recent rise in inflation. You know, as I've said before on this call, some of the spot measures have improved, but we're not necessarily seeing an improvement in inflation priced out into future years. You know, one of the metrics that that we like to look at are front-end forward rates as well as the five-year, five-year that the Fed likes to focus on. But if we look at the run rate of inflation priced by the inflation market between sort of July 2017 and July 2018, it's still barely above 1%. And when you look at that on an ex-energy basis, it's it's exactly about 1.07%. The five-year, five-year metric is about 152. You know, that's the Bloomberg Fed five-year metric, which the Fed, even in their recent – Press, not their press conference in the statement released after the, the last FOMC meeting, they, they, the Fed staff has remarked how little uh, movement and in forward inflation expectations we have had. Is that, I mean, is that because people are convinced there's no inflation or is it just a trade? Because it's hard to believe that you can go 10 years out or more and see no inflation. It's a, it's a combination of things. You know, there's been a tremendous amount of debate around this concept of inflation risk premium and how that can be broken up into uh, illiquidity premium or inflation compensation. And it appears that, that it's a combination of all of the above. You know, it's the Treasury grew the tips uh, issuance program significantly from 2009 till 2014. When you look at who was responsible for the takedown of that growth in supply, we tend to see, and this is publicly available information in, in the Treasury's tick data that they released, that a large portion of the increase in supply went to foreign investors, whether it be sovereign wealth funds or, or foreign central banks. 
were responsible for digesting the bulk of that increase in supply. And given the shift in reserve dynamics that have been publicly spoken about um, recently, that this excess supply, there's no uh, new buyers coming into the market. And potentially a lot of these uh, previous purchases of assets are actually disposing of them and creating an overhang out in these forward term structures, which creates this perception of negative inflation risk premium further out the curve. I I, I look at the inflation. Does it matter to you the quality of inflation, whether it's service sector dynamic or goods dynamic, if it's real estate dynamic? Does a pro like you care or is inflation inflation? No, we, we care tremendously. And as I've, I've said to, to you guys on this call before, when we look at the inflation releases, we like to break them up into the low-vol components and the high-vol components. And the low-vol components are predominantly the services sector that you mentioned, which is basically the building block of core CPI. And we see that basically running just shy of 3% right now. The high-vol components are the things that, obviously, as the name suggests, deviate or, or fluctuate on a, on a month-over-month basis, which are basically running near zero uh, right now. Um, and when Janet Yellen spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago, she mentioned that a lot of the factors that had driven core CPI to the high sort of year-on-year run rate that we got of 2.3% were of the more volatile components. And she was right to some degree, and they did pull back a, a fair amount in the last CPI print that we got where you saw uh, used vehicles come down, you saw hotels come down, you saw apparel pricing come down, um, which had driven CPI higher in, in January and February. But I, I do think that that sort of misses the main point of the argument where this low-vol category or components that I mentioned are still running <clears throat> just shy of 3% mm-hmm. in a gradually trending upward, upward uh, mm-hmm. trajectory. Is that where you are going to get prices from, though, to, to, to try to set the value of inflation-linked bonds? People aren't looking at that. No, people aren't looking at that because there is a tremendous amount of, I guess, market conjecture with respect to disinflation trajectory given the volatility of energy prices. If you look at the the previous 24 months, it's been characterized by a significant decline in energy prices and a substantial appreciation of the dollar. And that is still fresh in people's minds. Um, However, as we have seen this uptick in inflation data and a decline in in the value of the dollar, at least on a trade-weighted basis, I think the dollar is down about 7 or 8% in the last couple of months, and the stabilization in energy prices, we actually are starting to see inflows back into the asset class. Both retail and institutional flows seem to be gathering some positive momentum. Well, thank you for bringing that up, and this folds into economics, and Mike, you can you know better than I do the speaking spree uh, this week as we go to a week from now uh, meeting. Martin, we talk about the real economy acting as a proxy for Fed tightening. Are we still in that mode where the effects of global and U.S. domestic economics give us a pseudo-tightening by the central bank? Oh, that's, you know, that's a, a very detailed question yeah. that we could debate for a long time. But, you know, one of the things that when I look back on the final quarter of 2015, we had a very rapid move higher in U.S. real rates. 
And that was driven by, one, a Fed transitioning away from the zero bound, and two, a dramatic collapse in headline inflation driven by the decline in energy prices. And when you look at the front end of the U.S. real rate curve, we had a rapid repricing. And that exerted a tremendous amount of pressure globally to all of the emerging markets and commodity producers who had, you know, in the quantitative easing era, had been a tremendous beneficiary of a lot of these flows. So in hindsight, it was relatively, uh, I guess, a little easier to understand a lot of the indigestion that occurred in January and February in the markets this year. So, yes, it was a a relatively aggressive tightening in a short space of time. How uh, linked are inflation bonds around the world? Because we haven't seen inflation linked around the world. You've got some countries... In deflation, you've got some countries like the United States where, by some measures, you're seeing an acceleration in inflation. They are reasonably well correlated. Global inflation, at least in the developed world, tends to be well correlated. There are certain countries that have uh, domestic characteristics in their markets, such as the U.K., where a large well, U.K. pension funds are required to match their real liabilities with real assets. So there is a tremendous need for long-dated U.K. inflation-linked bonds, which tends to underpin their valuations, whereby in the U.S. we don't have such uh, pension fund requirements in place, whereby the back end of the curve could be far more subject to short-term swings in demand. And this is really interesting to look at the evolution of inflation expectations over the last 24 months during the decline in commodity prices that we had, you know, that five-year, five-year metric that the Fed likes to, to focus on, in the U.S., that metric collapsed about 125 basis points, whereas in the U.K., right. it barely budged because of the, the, the persistent demand for the back end, despite the inflation measures in both countries moving in the same direction. Andrew, that's a very important insight. We'll pick that up again. Mark and Hegarty on inflation dynamics and the Brexit effect within the United Kingdom. I'll get out that five-year, five-year forward chart on Bloomberg Radio Plus here uh, in a moment. News, cloud news, CVENT, C-V-E-N-T, CVENT to be acquired by Vista Equity for $1.65 billion. What gets my attention, it's a small deal, but what gets my attention, it's a 69% pop. In the equity price, that uh, that's something. Cvent to be taken out by a private equity firm. Uh, futures flat. Now let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Rescuers are dealing with aftershocks in Japan after back-to-back earthquakes. At least 42 people were killed and about 1,100 others were injured. In Ecuador, searchers are picking through the rubble after a devastating 7.8 earthquake along the Pacific Ocean coast. At least 272 people were killed. Brazil's lower house of Congress has voted to impeach President Dilma Rousseff. About 5,000 police officers will be in place for today's running of the Boston Marathon. Three years ago, three people were killed and 260 others were wounded when bombs exploded at the finish line. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? And Michael, thanks so much. Uh, futures negative 8, down futures negative 58. Uh, sort of all over the place. Yields come in a good two basis points, 1.73%. Uh, percent. Oil front and center down $1.68, 38.68. Michael McKee and Tom Keene worldwide, coast to coast. Bloomberg Surveillance.
The news update brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State Dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MDUSA.com for details today. 